I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm glad that you are here uh, getting your year started in a way that I know pleases God. It is a blessing to have you here. It is a blessing to be here with you. We're struggling with so much sickness in our church among us. Um, so we're, if you're joining us online, God bless you. Thank you for being here. If you wanted to be here and there's, there's illness, there's ailment, there's considerations that have you not here, we're praying for you. We love you. We thank God for you. And we're going to continue this series, this thought of new, and just what would it look like for something to be new if God wanted to do something new in our lives. And our, our, our lead uh, last week, killer sermon. I invite you all to go back and check out that sermon. I thought it got us off to a great start. Uh, so Pastor talked last week about this place where we are. And it's a place where perhaps we've been for a long time. This doesn't represent our best life. God doesn't get maximum glory out of our lives when we're in uh, place A. And he highlighted the fact that, that sometimes when we're ready to leave this place, right, it takes a lot to get us to leave here. But this notion that it always has to be clean cut and that it's smooth and that coming out of old things and coming out of things that don't bring God glory is an easy process. And, and, and that's a misnomer. Uh, and then also this place that God would have us be, this thing that God shows us, this vision that is always crystal clear. And in fact, that's a misnomer as well. It's usually a struggle. And today we're going to talk about that when you and I decide to leave this place and God has word, did a work in us and given us the strength, the faith to launch out into the deep, to step out on faith and leave this place. And we're, we're aiming for this place. And we don't quite know what that is, but we're hopeful that we'll get there. And today you and I are going to talk about this space right here in the middle. Uh, what happens in the middle once we decide to leave this place is the trials that we face here is what God shows us. And what we find in this space is that two things are true and two things are prevalent. This place is both messy and miraculous. This is a hard place to live in. We're tried in this place. It's ugly in this place. It's discouraging in this place. We get down in this place. But in this place that's so messy and so many things happen to discourage us is when and where God shows us an element or a dimension of himself that is nothing short of miraculous. We're going to talk about that today. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness, your kindness, and your mercy. We thank you, God, for your grace that has appeared to all of us. Now, God, would you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight? This we believe you for. Your word is blessed. You're bringing us to new in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, celebrate that with me. <clears throat> so let me bring a little tradition from where I used to be. Would you do me a favor? Would you hold your cup up before the Lord this morning? Just hold your proverbial cup and say, fill my cup, Lord, and let it overflow. And it's so very important to me to let you know that before I preach to you, I want everybody to listen to me. If you don't hear nothing else I say today, I want you to hear this. I'll tell you that secret. I love you. So here's the word of the Lord. I actually do love you. If nobody else tells you that today, you can check that off. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 43, beginning with verse 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator. 
I'm your king. And this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea and passed through the mighty water, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again. I extinguished them on your behalf. They were snuffed out like a wick. Now here's what I want you to do. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. You see, I want you to see that I am doing a new thing. And right now in 2022, it springs up. But do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. The people I have formed for myself that they might proclaim my praise. The word of the Lord says, see, I am doing a new thing. And now it springs up. But there's something I need you to do. I'm going to need you to be able to perceive what I am doing. See, it is important prerequisite that you and I can kind of get a sense that God wants to do something new. Uh, because here's what's true. What does it mean to proceed? To attain an awareness or an understanding of. In 2022, we should understand that we don't have to live in old things. We should rejoice and perceive that God is doing something new. And why is it uh, important that you and I perceive it? Because no one can receive what they do not first perceive. So perception is prerequisite to the thing that God is doing. That you and I have to perceive that God is doing something. And many times, that that will keep us stuck in old paces. Many times, that will keep us stuck in broken places. Because we can't imagine ourselves outside of here. We've been here so long. Oh, have generations here. People have come, been born, and died in this place. This is all we know. All we know is pain. All we know is brokenness. All we know is living on the underside of life. And then here comes this miraculous God and said, I want you to envision something else. And we struggle with that because perception has an enemy. And the enemy of perception is preoccupation. That some of us are so preoccupied with the world. And if you're preoccupied with the world, you'll never be able to perceive godly things. And if you're preoccupied with old things, you and I will never be able to perceive that, man, God is getting ready to do something new. But it requires a mind adjustment. It requires a heart adjustment on our part. And that is the reason that so many of us struggle and we stay in this old place. And then here comes our pastor last week helping us with this thing of perception. He's saying that, if, that, that God really does have a place B for us. And it's better over there. We're free over there. His spirit is flowing over there. But the first thing that is required is that you and I must believe and perceive that that thing is for us. And once you and I are able to perceive it and get it in our mind and believe that it is, in fact, a possibility, then what perception will do for us is cause us to give God capacity. See, many times, y'all, we don't have room for God to do anything new. We are full, and there's no room for God to move miraculously in our lives. What is capacity? It is the maximum amount that something can contain. And you and I have limited capacity. We have limited time. 
we have limited energy. And so we have to maximize our energy and our time. And if we want to receive the new thing, it requires that you and I forget old things. So God says, no, here's what I need you to do. In order to make room for what I'm about to do, I need you to go back into your closet. You know, like what we're going to do in March. We're going to go through our closet and we're going to throw out some things. We're going to look and say, this still fits my body, but it doesn't fit my life. I don't see it in my future, so I'm going to donate that. I'm going to throw that out. And that's exactly what you and I have to do in the spirit realm. We have to go through our closet. We have to go through our cupboard. And, and, and yesterday, you know, because my wife made tacos yesterday, she said, I wish we had some nachos. I said, I think I got some. And I went in the pantry and I grabbed them, and they were expired. <laughs> and y'all, here's the problem with us. Many of the things that we're holding on to in our lives and spiritually, what's true is they are expired. And there are things we got to get rid of. And when I threw them out, I had shelf space. Now I could replace them with something that's vibrant, something that can go into my future. And all of us are required by God to take an inventory and get rid of old things. We need to be new in our closet. We need to be new in our cupboard. And we need to be new in our conscience. Our mind has to have the ability to think new things. We have to do spring cleaning. And we have to make new, ready for the new. So perception will cause us, church, to go and give God capacity so that he can do the new thing. So our capacity, God says, I'm going to do something great, but I need you to give me capacity. And then there's one more thing that I need you to give me. I need you to give me commitment. I need you to give me commitment that you're going to pursue the new thing. What does commitment mean? It's the step of quality of being dedicated to a cause. Commitment means we don't have it figured out. We're here. We, we really don't know what that is. But we just take a step. We take a step out. Uh, we move from philosophy to practice. We move from contemplating it to commitment. It means that we actually go to the altar and we get married. It means that, that, that we haven't had a job in a long time, but we're committed. We actually apply for the job. We want to lose weight, and it's, it's a good idea, and we perceive it. But in the commitment phase, we actually go to the gym. We enroll in the class. We give our lives to Christ in the commitment phase. We join the church. We leave Egypt. We don't have any guarantees. We don't know how things are going to work out. But we put ourselves out there. We decide to walk by faith. Then the operative word is walk and we do something. And, and today, church, that if, if we can perceive it and, and if you and I can agree to give God capacity and throw out some old things. And if we can agree to make a commitment to what God has said that we can't see, but we just trust the word of God. And God says that for everybody here that will give me capacity and commitment, then I'm going to step up and show you my capabilities. It is the power or ability to do something, the competence and the proficiency. And here's what the word says in Isaiah. He says, I am the Lord. I am your holy one, your creator and your king. And this is what the Lord says, that when you step out there, I'm going to make a way through the sea. I'm going to give you a clean path through the waters. 
I drew out the chariots and the horses and the, anything that came against you. That once you stepped out on faith, that was no longer your problem. That was my problem. All of your enemies, I came and I dealt with them. And I gave the reinforcements together and I laid them there. Never to rise again. God says simply for all of us who will give him capacity and commitment. That I'm making a way in the wilderness for you. And streams in the wasteland. It is this capability that God has. And you and I cannot do this on our own. We have to have God's power at work in our lives toward the new thing. You and I have to bring God this power. We have to count on this power in 2022. Here's what I want to say to you, and I've got a couple of points, and then I'm going to sit down. If you have a plan for 2022 that does not require God to move, I invite you to go back and re-examine your plan. Because here's what's true, church. Anything that God has called you and I to, it requires his presence and his power. So if you're not doing something in 2022 that does not require God to move, you just got to know that that's your thing. That's not God's thing. Because anything God has called you to, it requires that he shows up. If it does not incorporate God, then that's your plan, and that is not God's plan. God creates opportunities that reveal our vulnerability and his power. And that's exactly where Israel was when they left Egypt. So here's where they were, and this is what they faced. And and, and in your marriage, when you get married and you leave the altar, and you see 50 years and a celebration and people around and children and grandchildren, you got to come through here to get there. When you go sign up for school and you leave Egypt and you register for classes and then you see graduation day with everybody around and you're throwing your cap off, I just want you to know that's cool, but you got to come through here to get there. That whatever it is that you step out on by faith and your new career, and you come out of school and God has blessed you and you have gifts and you have talents and you see that watch at the end of your reign and at the end of your career, somebody understand you got to come through here to get there. And this is messy. This can be miserable. This will challenge you. And yet this is what God has ordained so that you can, he can show you his miraculous power. I've ordained this season. Don't quit in this season. Hang on in this season. I'm going to show up and show out on your behalf, but I need you to leave Egypt and trust me in the middle. Come on, somebody. I'll look at somebody and say, it's messy. Come on, tell somebody, it's messy. But it's miraculous. So, here's what they dealt with. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, that they left here, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We'll let the Israelites go. And we lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with the officers. 
The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them by the camp, by the sea at Pi-Harah. Whenever you leave, this is a force that Pharaoh assembled. He assembled his best force, all to make sure that, yeah, you left there, but you ain't never going to get there. You ain't never going to get there. Because I put my best force and I'm coming after you. And the Bible has told you and I that we cited in 2022 and we're blending a church and, and it seems like it's well on the way. But, but you would be naive to understand that, that this ain't that. And, and if you get there, you got to deal with this. Because there are forces that come against you. And they hope to ensure that you don't get there. And they, 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 they came after them. And, and the same thing's going to happen to you. I got to go with that. So, 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 so when you stop doing drugs and you get here, you know that addiction is going to come back at you. It's going to come back and knock on your door and see if it has a way back into your life. Because it's not happy that you left there. Whatever you struggle with and God is giving you deliverance, don't think you just get to roll in there and slide in like a baseball. That thing's coming back after you. Because he does not want you to get there. And then when they showed vulnerability, here, here, here's what they said. This force came against them. Pastor Eric, here, it's a leadership moment in here for me and you as well. We got to hang on. Then they said to Moses. Then they said to Eric. <laughs> said to Ken. They said to the parent. Who, y'all got kids? They said to you, right? And y'all ever had trouble with y'all teenagers? They come back at you and say, like, man, you, you don't know what you're doing. Like, we know more than you. You're smart. Because everybody's going to be there. And you have to be the one to say, no, nah, bro, everybody ain't going to be there. Because <laughs> you ain't going to be there. <laughs> and then they get mad at you. Anybody had, like me had their kids tell them they don't like them? <laughs> that's the leadership burden in the text, right? And my kids told me that. And, like, that used to hurt my feelings, man. That, that hurt me bad. Trying to be a good father, yeah, and the dad, we don't like you, man. You, you, you ruling against us. You got us out here. Were there no graves for us in Egypt? Everybody else got to go to the party, and we didn't. Then, you know, God healed me, and I wasn't always sanctified when they told me that. They say, we don't like you. I said, it's cool, man. I like me enough for both of us. Let's keep doing it. <laughs> and you can use that, parent. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of out the game now. I got grandkids, but if you need to use that, and you probably will need to use that sometime, just that one's free, (laughs) y'all. Then they said to Eric, man, was it because there were no graves for us in Egypt that you brought us here in the desert to die? That's what they're going to say to you, parent, wherever you lead. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, man, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And that's this experience, y'all. That's right here. That's right here. What happens here can sometimes be so bad that we lose sight of that. And this looks better. This just looks better, man. And of course it's not better. Because God said it's not better. But because there's stability even in oppression. Hear that, y'all. 
Hear that. That this doesn't take faith. There's stability in oppression. That if I have to force through what I don't see, I'd rather go back to Egypt. But they said one thing bad. They said they'd be willing to serve the Egyptians. And that was the wrong thing to say to an all-powerful God. <laughs> like, wait a minute, you're going to serve them? We were meant to serve God. Let me finish it like this. I have for you five questions that you have to ask yourself when you get in this situation. And that looks better than this. Right? I was thinking the other day, how many times have me and Lori been here in our marriage and she wanted to go back there? <laughs> but I thought, no, nah, I don't want to count that. <laughs> it's probably higher than what I think. <laughs> So I'll move from that. Five questions you got to ask yourself. When you get here, and right now today, church, it's more messy than miraculous. It's going to be miraculous if you hold on. But where I sit today, my marriage is messy. Where I sit today, my family relations are messy. My children are wayward. Where I stand today, my health is messy. And it makes me want to go back. Here's the first question you have to ask yourself from here. Do I want my familiar or do I want my future? Because you cannot have both. You cannot operate in the realm of what is familiar to you and also walk in the future that God has for you. So you have to ask yourself a hard question. Here's the answer. Do I want my familiar or do I want my future? And God says, stay here. Don't go back there. Look at Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. There are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. There are plans to give you a hope and a future. So Jeremiah says, whatever you do, keep going there. Question number two, because I got to close. Am I going to walk in fear or am I going to walk in faith? For everybody that checked the box and said, I want my future, there is a faith component to the future. If you can see it, if you understand how you're going to get there, if you have all the answers, that's not the future God has for you. There's a faith component to it. So here's what the word says. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for. It is the assurance about what we do not see. You can't be that because you can see that. You know that. You understand that. That can't be what God is calling us to. Because we can see it. We know and understand it. It does not require faith. So the only alternative that we have is the thing that we don't understand. Because it causes us to walk by faith. For the Spirit of God gives us, does not make us timid, but gives us power. Here, here's one that I struggle with. You have to ask yourself, are the people around you, are they friends or foes? This is one I struggle with uh, really hard in my life and ministry. Because as you move here, you lose more and more people. It's tough, man. It's a struggle. And here's what I concluded. I wrote a book about this. Here's what I concluded. That you can be my friend but you can be my future's foe. 
that I could like you, but that doesn't mean my future likes you. <laughs> that we're cool. And so I struggled with this all my life. And, and about three weeks ago, I was, I was preparing for the sermon, so I emailed the future. And I asked her to have a meeting with me. Could we have coffee? And she said, man, you know I'm busy, but what's your problem? I said, ma'am, can I just talk to you? I was talking to the future. And so she agreed to talk with me. She said, what's your problem, Ken? I says, every time I get close to somebody, you keep bringing them out of my life, pulling them out of my life. Die, they, they, they do whatever. She says, yeah, like you're looking forward and I'm looking backward. And the people that they cool right now. But when God blesses you, that don't mean they always going to be cool with you. So what she told me was that I have the gift and the benefit of being ahead of you and looking backwards. And you got to trust that I know that who's cool today may not be cool tomorrow. They may not fit. And then she said to me something. She says, really, your problem is you don't understand how people work. If God lets you stay with the same old people, you never grow. So God really intends for people to flow in and out of your life without consequence. And that's how you grow through people. She said, I'm going to let you sit with that for a while because I know, I know you're going to have to marinate on that. And then when she left, she said, hold up, I've got to tell you this. Now you know there are 8 billion people, right? <laughs> So whenever God moves somebody, it's only because he plans to bring somebody. I, I told the, the church this on the call the other day. My mother died in 2018. I had written in my book, if your mother dies, it's not replacing your mother. But God will send somebody to represent her. So I'm in Kroger last year, and I meet this lady. She's an 80-year-old white lady, whatever, we're talking. And she probably really is as much to blame for me being here as anything. So we didn't lie in Kroger. We're talking about the election. And she, <coughs> excuse me. She says to me, I just led a study group and I'm leaving a meeting. I told a group of women that I'm not going to lead them in this study group anymore. I just saw, oh, you know, you're 80, you're, just, you're chilling, you're hanging up your shoes. She says, oh, no, son. I'm looking for the next thing from God. So women, you're 80 and you ain't done, but you're looking for the next thing. I said, I ain't 80. I need to start looking for the next thing. And do you know today, she's here. Wave your hand, dear. That lady's my mother. I call her my mother. Wave your hand, sweetheart. <laughs> so, so let me get to this. God will bring new people. Lastly, are you going to operate in your fervor or God's favor? Sometimes if you're like me, you're used to creating your own solutions. But the Bible says the wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls honor me because I provide. Y'all, provision is not our job. It's God's job. And finally, are you going to faint in this space? Because this space, this space will make you quit. This space will make you lay down your sword. This space will make you throw in the towel. But what the Bible says... And Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will receive the deliverance of the Lord. Y'all, this place is messy. 
but it is an invitation for God to show up and do the miraculous. Come on, everybody. Let's give God praise for his word. I want to share this with you. Philippians 1 and 6. I want somebody to commit this to their heart for 2022. Being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So if leaving here was your idea, all best are all. If leaving here was God's idea, God never required anybody to leave here that he didn't plan to see safely here. If it's God that has you moving, then God says, that's my responsibility. All you got to do is hang on to me and I'm going to get you there, even if I have to do something that's miraculous. God bless you. Come on, let's give God praise.